there has to be a standard upon which to build manhood. What's up, folks? It's your friend Alfonso Rachel with my bro, Bill Whittle, man. And, uh, man, we are loaded up on some toxic masculinity and some testosterone up to this. Yeah, that's right, man. Bite down. Bite. Bite it. You know, chew on marble, man. We got testosterone up to our flipping neck lump, right? And uh, this is going out to uh, James Cameron, man, who says that, you know, testosterone is a, is, a, is a toxin that needs to be worked out. Did he? Yeah, he, he, man, he did. He did. So, so Bill, I, I, I checked it out. And yeah, he didn't see, he did indeed say that. Uh, he says, I think in the, uh, let me take a little context here. And it says it may also be that this, that his era of F-bomb laden, laden shouting uh, matches with, exclu- uh, with executives is behind him. A lot of things I did earlier, I wouldn't do career wise and just, uh, and just risks that you take as a wild testosterone poisoned young man, he says, declining to uh, specify further. He says, I always think of testosterone as a toxin that you have to slowly work out of your system. And he has. <laughs> right. And he has. He's done an amazing job of it. Indeed, he has. I mean, I mean, now. Is is so, James? Is is this like a slow castration process? And it's I, not just him. It not, it's not just him. I mean, he he sits as one of the the high priests of this narrative of basically uh, of fortifying. I mean, uh, uh, forfeiting your manhood. So, mm-hmm. I mean, James, I got to tell you, man, the the you know what toxic you know what toxic masculinity is. Toxic masculinity is basically when a male is not being a man. That's yeah, that's right. That's basically what it is. That's when, right. you, when you are not being a man is when you will be a toxic male. Now, testosterone, man, is a gift. Now, any just like anything else, uh, whatever attributes or properties that you have can be abused. Testosterone is not necessarily the things that make you crazy. Now, in, t- in, in the animal kingdom, an animal has testosterone. They're gonna, you know, they're gonna pee and grunt on things, and if they can't screw it or eat it. You know they're going to uh, uh, pee on it or kill it, you know, yeah. whichever. Yeah, uh, it seems reasonable to me. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Right now, but in in the human world, we have that tempered by as men, we have that tempered by a sense of restraint, logic, reason, uh, uh, empathy, loyalty. We have those things. Um, testosterone is not necessarily the 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 main engine by which we go and we do things. That uh, there's there's a formula to it, James. It's formulaic to how we behave as men, you know. So, Bill, I mean, what, you got any words of wisdom for James? I do. Um, and 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 these same words apply to Steven Spielberg and George Lucas too, because they're all three they're all three doing the exact same thing in the exact same pattern and the exact same reasons. But let's concentrate on on Cameron first. So he made my favorite movie of all time, which is Aliens. Mm. Aliens followed right up on Terminator 2. These were two back-to-back smashes, out-of-the-park smashes. Both of them featured, uh, both of them featured, not well in, in Terminator 2 before Arnold Schwarzenegger also had the you know 
the estrogen injection and became kind of the, you know, now the Terminator is a guy who sits on the porch and, and, and tends to the garden. But, but in Terminator 2, Arnold Schwarzenegger is what you said. He's not a man. He's a toxic male. He is a violence-dealing machine. Mm. Uh, and um, and in the in the original Terminator, he was balanced by um, I don't know what his name Kyle, um, the guy who comes from the future. Okay. But in, in in Aliens, the same thing, right? In Aliens, the reason Aliens is my favorite movie is because it's science fiction. It was cool, and at the same time, it had a really pretty good military feel about it. I mean, there's a lot of griping, probably more than in the real world, but it had a military feel to it. And I was a huge fan of the first movie, big fan, a huge fan. And I watched this one alien kick the light and daylights out of everybody on the Nostromo, and they had to blow up the ship and escape, right? And when I heard that the second movie was that they're going to send the Marines in to go and kill these things, I'm like, yeah, this is <laughs> going to be rocking. And it was. It was. It was nothing, blah, 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 you know? And, and it was like, it was good guys versus bad guys, and the bad guys were the aliens. And then... Along comes um, a, a good deal of time passes, a lot of time, to almost 20 years, I think. And out comes Avatar, the first Avatar. And all of a sudden, humans are the bad guys. It's the noble savage, right? It's the, it's the simple. It's the simple people who take only what they need from the forest. And everything is their friend. And they connect directly, neurally into all these animals. And they ride dragons through the air and so on. And then I saw the trailer for the new one, which opens in a couple days. And I thought, I want to see this even less than I want to see the original one again. Mm. It doesn't look much better in terms of the graphics, but it's like, here come the humans in their steel mechanized things, spreading fire and squashing things. These are the, these are the capitalists. These are the toxic males. While meanwhile, the Navi, right, the, the, the locals, mm. they're swimming in the water. Oh, look, it's a new fish. You know, oh, I'm going to say, oh, here's a whale. I'm going to swim next to the whale. I'm going to ride with this creature. No predators on this world. You never see the Navi kill anything. Right? I don't know what they eat. I guess they just eat... Air? Air, yeah. <laughs> right? You never see them killing animals, gutting animals. You never see any of that stuff. You never see them harvesting crops. They're just perfectly fit, every single one of them, trim and so on. And they've got... And, and he's cheating too, you know, with the... Give them big eyes so that they look like human infants and people <laughs> feel sorry for. So over time, he's gotten... He's gotten more and more and more pasty, you know, more and more weak and more and more and more divorced from reality. And the exact same thing happened with Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. The first, the first evidence of rewriting history in the modern era, the Ministry of Truth going back and altering old headlines, was when Steven Spielberg did a release of E.T. 20 years after it came out. And he went back and he digitally replaced the final scene when the uh, government agents come in to take E.T. away. In the vision he shot, they've got guns. And Spielberg went back and digitally replaced them with flashlights because they didn't want people to see guns. Because if you see guns, then obviously you become a deranged killer. And I just have to say as a quick aside, when I was a kid, guns were everywhere. Not only toy guns for kids to play with, but you could go into a Sears and buy as many guns and ammo as you wanted to. And there was no mass killings at all. So uh -huh. something here is not making sense. And then George Lucas did the same thing. When they re-released Star Wars, he re-edited the scene where Han Solo shoots Greedo so that Greedo shoots first in the yeah. cantina scene. He shoots first. He's a professional assassin. He's two feet away and he misses him by a foot, right? Shoots into the wall. And it's so close <laughs> to simultaneous, but they did it anyway. And Lucas's explanation for this was, well, I didn't want people to think of Han as a, as a murderer and I want to think, think, think bad of him like he was just a, you know, a, just a guy with a gun. 
And when I saw that original Star Wars in a movie theater, people cheered. They cheered at that because they knew that when this green-skinned alien had a gun on Han Solo, he's going to take him to this slave owner who's going to kill him, mm -hmm. right? He's, once you point a gun at somebody, you have raised the level of ambient risk to the point where if you pull a gun, and my dad told me this when I was a kid, I couldn't understand it for 30 years. He said, if you point a gun at somebody, you better, be, you better shoot them right away because if you don't, they will shoot you. So don't you don't you ever pull a weapon on somebody unless you plan to use it and use it immediately. Yes. And so so what the original movie did, the original Star Wars, was it showed hey so, so hey easy take it easy puts his hand down, unholsters his blasters, got it into the table you know, and just when he's sure that this guy means to kill him, and everybody everybody's like oh my god I liked him until he shot this guy in cold blood no no. He was a, he was about to be murdered, and he used his wits and his guts, mm -hmm. right, his courage and his wiliness to to live to tell the tale. And what you find out about Han Solo, and which was in the first movie, it's all in the first movie. He's not a bad guy, right? He's a good guy who has to act like a bad guy. So he's he's a he's a a rogue with a heart of gold, right? Yeah. And so and so Lucas and Spielberg's as grandfathers went back and redid what they did as young men to demasculinize it. Mm. And they think that this is an improvement, yeah. and it's not. And they think that what they were doing before was somehow wrong, which is what, what you just said that Cameron mentioned, right? I, all those testosterone-fueled movies that I did that made me a billion dollars, mm. by the way. Um, I wish I hadn't made them. Well, you did. I'm glad you made them. Now it just... Piss off, because I, I, I'm not going to watch anything else you do, and I'm not going to let your 30-year-later wussification ruin my favorite movie for me. I'm just not. I'm just going to take that movie as if it came out from, from the sky. I don't care about you anymore. I don't care. I, obviously, you're not going to make any more movies I'm going to go see. Mm -hmm. And by the way, uh, this, this next Avatar cost a, a billion dollars. Oh. And Luke, Lucas himself said, this film has to make $2 billion just to break even. I'm not going to say it's going to be a flop, but it's not going to come even close, not even close to what the first one made. So you know what, James? Knock yourself out. You know, that's what you want to say. It's a free country and you live in it and you're doing your very best to destroy it. So, well, I hope he has those testosterone generating onions to to uh, handle, you know, the loss that he would probably take from, from promoting this uh, forfeiture manhood nonsense that he's doing. And, and speaking of which, like you said, with Star Wars, man, I remember when all the Star Wars toys, you get an action figure, all of them came with guns, right? Of course. It didn't matter. It, even C-3PO, right? This is, this is why there weren't mass shootings. Thank because when, when I was, I'm, I'm older than you, when I was a kid, the cowboy thing was still a big thing. I was there right as the cowboys were going out and the, and the astronauts were coming in, which is the entire story of Toy Story, by the way. Mm. And we all had cap guns and we all had, you know, six shooters and we'd play cowboys and Indians. And since we were always playing with guns and since our parents told us what the real gun did, you know, and so on, we didn't have these mass shootings. We didn't have this psychosis because these things didn't because guns didn't gain glamour for lunatics because they weren't forbidden there are some people that want things that are forbidden because they're forbidden mm -hmm. anyway sorry on to your point and, and and a big part of that what went with that now this unfortunately there there came like a a, a peak and it started to go out there, these were a time where people actually still had a fear of god and yes. th that goes a long way, man. It goes a long yes. way. But so the more and more people are being convinced, they're being convinced that, well, 
God is not either not real or there's there's other ways to heaven and they're buying into all these other things. The, the violence becomes more and more, you know, because they don't really believe that the consequences aren't real. So, I mean, you know, these are these are ways that we're going. And it's not that's not the fault of testosterone. James, it's not the fault of testosterone. But, man, you had mentioned you brought up um, aliens, right? Man, this reminds me of uh, this. This ties into the the whole movie making, you know, cor- corruption of society, decline of civilization. What's happening? Um, what's her name? Jennifer Lawrence. Man, she says she says that there were no female action stars before her. <laughs> we just mentioned aliens, man. Really? What, what, what about Sigourney? What about Weaver? Sarah Connor? What about yeah? What about Ripley? <laughs> what about Ripley? No what? action stars before you. You weren't even born when these women were kicking ass. And by the way, this bears <laughs> mentioning, right? Sarah Connor and and Ripley. Sarah Connor from Terminator and Ripley from the Aliens movies were two of the greatest action heroes of all time. They're mm. both women. Yep. And the reason that you believed them was because they were willing to do these violent acts to defend their kids. Yeah. That's what it was about. Mm-hmm. And. And it's interesting to me that the only people that can write really good women characters are men because modern feminists can't do it. They can't do it because everything that a modern woman heroine has to do is she's a stunning and brave girl boss who never makes mistakes, certainly never listens to men, never learns anything from them, never helped out by men. So they make them infallible, Mary Sue, you know, super beings that nobody gives a damn about ever. And they never will. They don't have the, int- mm. they don't have the emotional strength to write weaknesses into female characters mm. and all of drama is about overcoming weaknesses that's what make drama drama it's a great point man great point because you know as as feminists they don't want to write in the vulnerability that vulnerability right. is is a symbol of, of weakness and all that. it's like no that's that's absolutely not true and you know so you've got how are these women gonna be woke and social justice warriors and care so much about the race narrative? How's she gonna say something like that and forget about people like Pam Greer? I know Pam Greer must. Pam have Greer, at- awesome, <laughs> great choice, man. You know, I mean, but what 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 about what about Lindsey Graham? Uh, uh, not Lindsey, not that, uh, not Lindsey Graham. Uh, oh man, uh, Lindsey yeah, yeah, yeah. Wagner. Sorry, Lindsay. I didn't mean you get mixed up with. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> you know, sorry, Lindsay Wagner. We didn't want to. We didn't want to. Um, you know, demasculinize you by comparing you to Lindsey Graham. Thank you. Please don't come yeah, yeah. in. Be- bionic woman, kick my behind no. for making that mistake. But ISIS, Wonder Woman. I mean, she forgot yeah. about a whole bunch of stuff. But I guess her premise for saying this, Bill, is uh, she says, "I remember when I was doing Hunger Games, nobody had ever put a woman in a lead or an act of an action movie because it wouldn't work because we were told uh, girls and boys can both identify with a male lead, but boys cannot, cannot identify with a female lead. And it just makes me so happy every single time I see a movie come out that just blows through every one of these beliefs and whatnot. And it's like, hey, listen, listen, Hunger Games, girl, that's that's just nature. Okay? Yeah, people we we can you know why you know why women can identify with these things that men can do and are inspired by and stuff like that and it's easier for them to identify because woman was cut from man. That's why. It's like a man gave up a rib for that. All right? So she was cut from man and so she's going to identify on that level. Man wasn't cut from woman. Right, maybe born through women, but she wasn't. We're not cut from them. So maybe that's why men like ribs so much more than women do. Maybe we're right? we're trying to recover that, you know, that kind of that missing essence or something. Absolutely, absolutely. And and, and just on a, on a side note, now try not to rabbit trail it. When people like kind of wonder about whole the, the whole rib thing, just real quick, uh, Jesus, the second Adam, 
uh, for his bride to be born, just like Adam's bride was given to him. Uh, where did Jesus take it upon his death? He took it in the rib, bringing the whole thing yep. back around. So just, you know, when you guys kind of wonder, like, why did these things say this? That that's why stuff like that. But anyway, but who did that? That was a man, baby. It was a man who did that. There's a reason why this whole thing has, has taken on this male connotation. It's not for chauvinism. God's not a chauvinist or anything like that. He's not trying to keep women down because see, the thing is what Jennifer and, and even James Cameron is basically trying to promote out there is that the male patriarchy and that the whole male persona is trying to keep women down. These people don't realize that they're repeating the same things that the devil did from the very beginning. Who did he go to? He went to Eve and basically told her, God's trying to keep you down. The patriarchy mm -hmm. is trying to keep you down. And he set off her feminine pride and look what happened. How can, I can't believe I forgot this. I mean, this is the guy who made, he made the, uh, Avatar's most successful movie of all time. And the film that he topped was one of his films, which was Titanic. Mm. And, and, and so in Titanic, which he, and he's not just, he didn't just do Titanic. He is a Titanic obsessed guy. He's been, he's been obsessed with Titanic for 30 years. Wow. Me too. But it's interesting that he's de decrying, uh, uh, masculinity and toxicity and testosterone when he made the most, uh, the, the highest grossing film of all time about a ship going down and the men standing there while the women were put into lifeboats. And, and there's plenty of room on that final raft, you know, for two of them, yeah. but no, 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 it's Jack in the water. Who's going to freeze to death and then just disappear below the waves. Cause that's what we're supposed to do. And, and, and now Cameron has the nerve to come back and, and mock that. And here's, what's really un, a little strange about this and especially disappointing hearing it from Cameron. A couple years ago, James Cameron in real life did the gutsiest thing that I have ever heard of. You want to talk about giant coconuts, man. This was it. He, using the billions that he's gotten from this horrible capitalist society that he hates so much, he constructed a one-person deep-diving submersible, and he went down deeper than anyone has ever been. He went deeper than um, than the Trieste did to the bottom of the Marianas Trench. That that environment is so much more fatal and dangerous than space. It is infinitely more fatal and dangerous than space. If you make the slightest engineering error, it's over instantly, right? And he had the guts to go into this thing and go all the way down to the deepest part of the ocean with these incredible pressures because he wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, rock on, Jim. You know, I paid you money to see your movies. I paid for Aliens a bunch of times, Titanic too. Knock yourself out. It's your money. But for, for a guy to for a guy to come back and then say, number one, testosterone is bad, and I ought to know because I built a submarine so I could go to the most dangerous place in the world, and at the same time to say capitalism is bad, right? So I'm so where's here? <laughs> here's why I have hope for society, though. <laughs> when they when they ran the the uh, so this new as I said this new avatar, the way of water. That's a feminine thing too. It's just flow, you know. It's, it's flow. It's fluid. It takes a village. Um, <laughs> when 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 the trailer for this came out, I'm I'm interested in the comments, and I think probably every every other comment was, "I hope the humans win this one." You know, I hope the humans with their machine guns and and all this other stuff. I hope we win mm -hmm. because I've had enough of this. You know, this this infantile fairy tale. About about primitive people. Primitive people have a, as on a per capita basis hundreds of times higher point chance of getting murdered and, and getting killed in war, and 
And if James Cameron wanted to live this noble, primitive life, he could do it anytime he wants to. He goes to visit the Amazon for three days and he wears a, you know, a thatched hat and, and he's down with the natives and he gets in his private jet and flies back to Los Angeles. And, and I have no respect for this kind of hypocrisy. None. None. I hear you, man. And James, you, you might not have wanted to put to, uh, if you have a problem with testosterone and stuff like that, you might not have wanted to put your main character, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, in, in cold water hanging off the raft, man, because um, a, a colder environment actually increases sperm count, if I That's understand, right. if I understand That's correctly. Right. Uh, so, but yeah, that. that, that yeah, and by the way, by the way, sorry. No, if masculinity was so toxic, right, then why didn't Jack just climb onto that raft and kick her into the water? He could have pulled her off of there. He's the one who put her on there, right? <laughs> if the whole te- if the whole testosterone thing, if the whole masculinity thing is such a problem, then why is it that the guy put the girl on the on the raft and then just willingly sat there and froze to death? If if this thing is so toxic, why didn't he just pound the snot out of her, kick her overboard, and anybody else who came up to the raft, he beat over the head with an oar? Thank right? you. He didn't do that. Yes, absolutely, man. And 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 as as the story goes, and pretty much like any narrative. Uh, just about any narrative, you're going to have the men who are going to who are going to uh, um, sacrifice so the women can live. You know, so so in that it's you know what does that testosterone? You're going to have a testosterone fueled men. Testosterone fueled men aren't going to be like screw the women, right? No, it's like bro, you better let her go first. I'll fight. That's right. I'll, I will, or I'll kick your ass. Exactly. I will fight you if you do not let her go first. That's, That's right. What tes- the testosterone fuels that. And like I said, it's not just testosterone alone. It's as men who have the capacity to be logical, to be reasonable, to have empathy, to have loyalty. You know, we, we have these things. As you would say, we have the horsepower, you know, yeah. to be able to really process and contemplate these things, you know. And uh, so and also you, you had mentioned with uh, with Avatar, you said that they don't uh, none of the 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 warrior i guess i can't say warriors but the men they don't kill any animals or anything like that well aren't these avatar they're supposed to be modeled kind of like after the the in, uh the pre-columbian you know natives here and stuff yeah, like whatever. that you yeah. know i mean well i thought and their and their annual sacrifices 80,000 prisoners killed in 3 days right you know it's, and, and i thought you know one of the things that we we found so noble about them is that whenever they would kill the animal they would thank the animal and you know praise mm-hmm. their gods and stuff like that and you know so I mean, I, is is this disrespectful, you know, to to the Native American culture, James? Are you disrespecting them? Are you showing showing what they did was like too savage or or whatnot? I don't know, but I do know this, Bill. We're about to wrap up this production right now, and afterwards, got to add one thing. I'm sorry. I'm oh. so sorry. I'm so sorry. Just got to got to add two quick things, just because it just if I don't, they'll bother me. <laughs> the first one is, I can't speak for American Indians because I'm not one, but I think if I was one. The idea of portraying my culture as a bunch of, you know, dope smoking hippies would really, really piss me off. These were warriors. That's right. And these tribes conquered each other all the time. These were ruthless warriors. They were men. And I think if, oh, no, we just sat around and we, you know, we celebrate the weird ones and we, you know, and we, no, it's just not right. And the other thing that just, I just got to get this out because I see it so many times and I just think people need to be aware of it. What they will often do in a movie and they did it in Hunger Games and they did it in Avatar. That's why I'm bringing it up. Is if you've got a female lead, they will give her a bow and arrow, right? Because you think that it doesn't take a lot of strength to use a bow. You have, you're going to use a sword or something. You've got to be physically strong. But she can just go thunk, 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 thunk and kill all these people. The British longbowmen, uh, the English longbowmen at Agincourt, 
these guys could hold a, a, a 160 pound pull mm. and they could hold it for hours. Mm. And these guys would work out and, and literally they look like freaks because their entire right arm and right chest muscles were so much bigger than their left. That, that the strength that these guys had to work on all the time, the amount of strength it takes to pull a bow mm -hmm. to, to commit lethal damage mm -hmm. on something is enormous and it has to be maintained. Yeah. And and I just had to get that out of there. Oh, fink, 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 fink. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, and I just wanted to clarify that that when we talk about these men that were doing these uh about that they were in between these tribal wars and stuff like that. They weren't doing it just because they were men, because we don't want people to say, well, see, because they're men, they're all about making war and all that sort of stuff. It's like, well, these were godless men, right? That's, that's a whole different thing. That's what we're talking about, is that there has to be a standard of manhood. You know, we have to, we, we can't just learn about being men willy-nilly. There has to be a standard upon which to build manhood on. There has to be a fixed and, and, and solid foundation. So when you when you have a godless society, assuming to be men, well, you're going to have, you know, that's when you're going to have your toxic masculinity, if you will. And there you go, folks. I mean, you know, I can't add anything more to that. But I will add this. This is we're about to wrap up this production. I know that my woman better have my sandwich <laughs> ready when I get off this production. I want to I want my sandwich. Anyway, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Virtue Signal. I'm Alfonso Rachel from my buddy Bill Whittle. And hey, work that share button, click that like button. I hope you guys will boogie on over to BillWhittle.com because we certainly appreciate your support. We want to bring, we hope that you find our insights and our observations of these things useful. And if you do, we hope that you help us keep the lights on. All right, y'all. Thank you. Good night.